live from Larry Fink's scroll. Written by Candlelight with Peacock Quill. It's your dump of stakeholder nuggets. I don't like that word dump. Bear in mind, I'm not, dump. I'm not writing these anymore, so you can't blame me. Joined as always by Just Emma, laughing stock lurking. Oh, how dare you? Well, and that's Matt, <laughs> mostly imaginary Muscardi. Oh, here's that's hoping true. for fully imaginary. I'm the black ink of stakeholder capitalism. That's absolutely correct. Today in our not woke paraffin covered bag of nuggets called January 18th, 2022. <laughs> Watching tennis is for losers. No, it's not. Your new boss hates you. Fink speaks. Yes. And Uyghurs may or may not be important. Hmm. Ooh, I like a question mark there. Today is a huge yeah, news let, day. We're going to we have to rip through get it. Get going. Let's just say that uh, for for all of you people who follow business pants, uh, how dare you? I don't know what you're up to. but for, Or <laughs> for anyone you? new, this really is like a hallmark day for our, our enterprise. This is the most, what, tingly ESG explosion of our favorite stories and our favorite things. I'd like to make Literally. it known I do not feel tingly. <laughs> and i'm gonna these are in no particular order so i'm not this is not to say that this is what's most important but i'm just gonna i'm gonna we're gonna go with how they how they hit out how they came out i don't know the first one is, i have esg pins and needles i know the first That's one is, i have is a very corporate governing governancey one this could this be our first covid resignation our first executive covid re- resignation this first story here we go The chairman of Credit Suisse resigns mm. after an inquiry into his pandemic conduct. Matt was so excited about this, he sent it over the weekend. And we... I work over the typically weekend. Typically, we're governed by French law. You're not allowed to work over the weekend. Or send texts uh, after work hours. After less than a year on the job and after pledging to develop a culture of personal accountability at the Swiss bank following a string of scandals... Remember, we reported on all of them, spying on executives to uh, billion-dollar investment losses. Uh, new yep. board chair, Antonio Horta Osario, is going bye-bye. Oh, I miss him. So at his first uh, annual meeting last May, he said, our processes and organization are being reviewed to put a stronger focus on individual responsibility and accountability. Oops. After resigning, his spokesperson said he would not be speaking to the media. Shocker. To be fair, he kept his pledge. This is the like, he's like the only pledge keeper. It's the pledge that killed him, unfortunately, but he kept his pledge. He was forced to resign after barely eight months in office for flouting coronavirus quarantine rules in both Britain and Switzerland. Uh, To be fair, he also said at the AGM, I wish everyone good health and look forward to meeting many more of you soon. So Maybe that combination of meeting you and soon and health was a code for F your quarantine. Let's just hang out. (laughs) So maybe he announced it. He was wishing you had good health, but would be meeting with you soon to spread coronavirus. So he's not lying. He didn't lie. Just days after promising to clean up the bank by creating a sense of responsibility, he flew to London on a private jet to attend the Wimbledon tennis finals. Breaking Britain's coronavirus quarantine rules in the process. 
And it's time for a COVID coincidence alert. Anti-vax hero Novak Djokovic, Emma's favorite, won that Wimbledon <laughs> tournament. See? Yay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's like all the it's like all the worlds cause like planets aligned <laughs> and stars and stuff. The former chair essentially blamed his staff and said he was unaware he had failed to get the business waiver for British rules, blah 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 blah. Uh, funny side note, he had intended to take Credit Suisse clients to the tennis tournament, but ended up giving the tickets to his children instead. <laughs> when? <laughs> Why did he give them to the, the Probably children? Probably because the clients were stuck in quarantine, is my guess, honestly. <laughs> oh, whoops. Oh, An internal oh, okay. investigation also found that he used the corporate jet to drop him off in the Maldives on the way back from a business trip in Asia. Whatever, dude. I mean, come on. No, that's no big deal. That's, come on, that's nothing. Considering a simmering war among Credit Suisse's senior executives and a power struggle with CEO Thomas Gottstein, maybe this was the wrong eight months to act like a giant ass. Just oh. saying. Uh, Credit Suisse declined to comment on whether there were rifts between the former chair and the executive board, including the CEO. That means there were definitely rifts. Yeah, there were riffs. Yeah. I would just say that's rifty. Uh, the new chair, Ax Axel, Axel, ooh, I like that. Layman is likely to see a return to a more traditional chairman-CEO relationship. Uh, he has already insisted in an interview with Reuters that there will be no change to strategy and that the existing management team will remain in place. Ooh, you gotta love another ooh. day one pledge. Credit Suisse, ooh. the gift that keeps giving. <laughs> I love it. Speaking of gifts that keep giving... Larry Fink, the letter, the annual stakeholder capitalism letter dropped like a bomb on the taint of capitalism. Whoa. That's right. Our boy Fink Rock let loose the stakeholder Kraken, tackling every woke issue Karen from Kraken. climate change to human capital to voting rights to net zero. Just, just please don't call it woke. Quote, Stakeholder capitalism is not about politics. It is not a social or ideological agenda. It is not woke. I don't know what that means. That's what he said in the letter. Why is it bad it's to be not woke? woke? I don't get it. T tell it's me not woke. Right don't call it that. So, Larry, can I call you Larry? After all these years of me criticizing your stupid letters, I feel like I can call you Larry. What is stakeholder capitalism if not woke? He answers, quote, stakeholder capitalism is all about delivering long-term durable returns for shareholders. There we go. There it is, folks. Every year since 2018, Larry and the Business Roundtable has been writing about stakeholder capitalism. Capitalism that takes into account employees and the environment and stuff. And you dopes thought they meant caring for the stakeholders. No. What they really meant all along is stakeholders need to deliver value to shareholders. Do you understand? That's what stakeholder capitalism is. Look, the rich can't get rich without stakeholders propping them up, fool. You, you ever see a mansion built by a bunch of rich white guys? Nah, it's the stakeholders banging the nails so the mansion gets built for those shareholders to live in. That's what we're talking about. It also explains... Why uh, Larry Letter Word Cloud 2000, which I ran his letter through this year, found the words companies, capital, shareholders, and capitalism 
all ranked over stakeholders. Mm. Bang those nails, you fools. You got it? I know. Wait a minute. Let me back up. He dropped the word durable in there. Like he's pressing our woke buttons and slipping in adjectives to suggest companies should, in fact, gently caress their snowflake stakeholders as a means of a profitable end. That's, he dropped the word in durable. Larry actually devotes a huge swath of black ink made from oat galls, which is an actual thing from medieval times. Oat galls? um, To... Yeah, oak galls. They're like uh, wasp nests. Sure. That's where they huh. got the black from. They say wasp yeah. nests. This is, a, this is a learning hour. To, he actually devotes a, 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 a huge swath of ink to employees themselves. Companies should be paying attention to things like mental health, working from home, rising pay. These are actually what he calls features of capitalism, not problems. Quote, our research shows that companies who forged... Strong bonds with their employees have seen lower levels of turnover and higher returns through the pandemic. Truly, truly epic plagiarism of a report I wrote in 2015 where I said, quote, strong human capital strategies may limit downturns in employee output during times of high turnover. No joke. I actually wrote that in 2015. But you wrote it for a company that's owned by him, basically. Yeah, kind He's of. their biggest Apparently, client. Apparently. So how dare you? Well, I mean, I, I guess finally yep. the low-level stooges of BlackRock did read my report six years later. That's oh. what I'm telling myself. Low-level That's stooges. what I want to tell myself. Larry also said that CEOs should be judicious with their non-woke, benevolent, godlike authority over their employees. Quote, they don't want to hear us as CEOs opine on every issue of the day, but they do need to know where we stand on societal issues intrinsic to our company's long-term success. I want to hear them just as a side. I want to hear them every day, just like at a press conference after like the Celtics play the Bucks. I want them to sit at a table sweaty and a- answer a bunch of nonsensical questions. I a little bit agree. I would like a a scroll at the bottom of my computer screen with quotes about what they think of every issue as it appears in in real time. That would be great. I mean, we we ask people about throwing a ball out of bounds. Don't you think this is a little bit more important? But just to be clear, your overlords, the Amazon employees, I know you're reading this letter every single year with bated breath. Your overlord said there is no pee bottle problem. High P output is just a perk of strong human capital management strategies. That's what that means. Larry did address what I think will be the theme for BlackRock in 2022. The dark heart of governance hypocrisy. Number one, no, BlackRock will not be divesting from the burners of fossil fuel that are lighting the world on fire. They will be engaging. Number two, BlackRock won't be engaging as much as empowering its clients to quote participate in the proxy voting process if they choose and number three by empowering clients in the second dimension of alternative democracy quote we believe this could bring more democracy and more voices to capitalism every investor deserves the right to be heard Except for dual-class companies, which make up the majority of the top 10 companies in the world. Congratulations. Passing the buck on to clients to not vote at companies where you would wish you could. But I want to end on my favorite part of annual Larry Palooza with this trifecta of zingers. 
in a little game that I want the two of you to play called Rate the Zinger. Are you ready to play? Wait, yep. these, are, these are zingers which, from the letter? They're sort of zingers. I don't okay. know. We'll see. These, which zinger is better? The th there are three. You okay, choose the top. No. A, Elon Musk blowjob. Quote, in a few short years, we have all watched innovators reimagine the auto industry. Mm -hmm. Really? For sure. I'm pretty sure we're just talking about Elon Musk, mm -hmm. right? Okay. There's yep. not other ones. I see where you're going there. Number two, the Google Zuckerberg get owned zinger. Quote, the next 1,000 unicorns won't be search engines or social media companies. Right. They'll be sustainable, scalable innovators. I don't buy that huh. one. Okay. <laughs> and number three, the capital T, this is my true threat. Mm -hmm. Quote, access to capital is not a right. It is a privilege. I don't understand that Get one either. owned, capitalism. <laughs> Which one do you feel like was the uh, truth bomb he set free? Um... Do I have I to rate it on truth or on... No, you just 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 pick the one that feels <laughs> best for you. I don't play. I'm not playing. <laughs> because the one, the one that simply vote. feels best to me must be option C, um, but access to capital is not a right. It's a privilege. That's really something because in order for him to say that, he is talking about the investment world, no? And yeah. He is. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mister Not Woke over there is acknowledging his privilege. That's very interesting. To are we me. gonna t Are we gonna stay around and talk about this after the show? Are, are we gonna? Okay. Yes. Okay. Let's. let's uh, okay. Let's talk about it. You still have to pick one right now. Pick um, one. the one that said Zuckerberg. Got it. That's what happened in Larry Palooza today. <laughs> That's all Larry had you want to say. Me to just he say that the mic so and wrap it up. up. You need to really yes, you need to exactly. wrap up that story. All right, come on. I need to wrap up the segment because I want to get into the next ridiculous. Oh, let's keep going. There's so news. much to report on today. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Usually, just one of these would be a, 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 like the major like theme a whole of our show. Whole day. <laughs> yeah, up next, honestly. the world's biggest ESG bailout. That's I mean, it's it's got to be the <laughs> most famous. It. Oh my god, ESG bailout ever. Okay, let's take this in order. First, uh, yesterday, uh, the reporting was that Activision Blizzard pushes out dozens of employees over workplace misconduct. That they, they fired or pushed out about 40 people since July as part of efforts to address allegations of sexual harassment that we've been covering for months. Um, a summary of those personnel actions was scheduled to, to be released before the winter holidays. But CEO Bobby Kotick sat on them for really unknown reasons, right? I mean, why not release them? Uh, the summary also says that Activision had collected about 700 reports of employee concern over misconduct since July. Okay, that's the big news yesterday. Today, right when we're starting our pre-production, here's the headline. Microsoft to buy embattled Call of Duty publisher Activision Blizzard in $68 wow. billion dollar cash Bail. I like how they have to describe them by calling them Call of Duty publisher. I don't even know what the hell Call of Duty is. That's so important. That's the it's most like important. their most important game. Okay, but yeah, th that has like to be an adjective in that sentence. Call of Duty publisher. Anyway, I like him. Right. I want to focus on a sixty-eight billion. Yeah. That's what I want to focus <laughs> on. So this is Microsoft's largest ever acquisition, the largest video game tr acquisition ever in history. Here we go. Uh, the price values Activision stock at $95 per share, which it's been nowhere near that since July when the, the news of the harassment broke. Uh, 
Microsoft will not only acquire game franchises like Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, and Candy Crush, but it will also acquire Activision's deplorable culture issues, including claims that CEO Bobby Kotick knew for years about a variety of claims of sexual harassment and rape at his company and did little to fix the problems. Kotick will continue on with the company and will report to Xbox leader Phil Spencer when the deal closes. Wait, who is Phil Spencer again? He's the dude who said in November that he was disturbed and deeply troubled by the horrific events and actions at Activision and that he intended to take action and that this type of behavior has no place in our industry. At the time, uh, Phil did not say how he would take action, but now it is clear by buying their dumb asses. This is what (laughs) Phil was cooking up. Unfortunately, Phil might be stuck with Bobby because if Bobby is terminated after a change of control, which is what this is, he's entitled to about $300 million. That'll teach him. So uh, what I'm wondering is, is this turning into a office space situation where Bobby's going to be shoved to the basement with like a red stapler? I, I mean, what are they, what's going to happen? Is Bobby going to stay? They're going to get rid of I mean, what's I, this is crazy to me. It's crazy that he'll he'll stay. But anyway, remember, just last year, 78 percent of shareholders at Microsoft said, hell Yes to a resolution calling on the company to review the policies it had in place for its employees to protect them against abuse and unwanted sexual advances. And last Thursday, the New York Times reported that Microsoft selected a law firm to review its sexual harassment and gender discrimination policies. So, game on Activision, the blizzard is now. Now, well, let's do some quick populist yeah, math here. do it. If they get rid of Bobby Kotick, he's owed $300 million for change of control. By paying $95 a share, the the company was trading at $65 a share the day before this was announced, right. so yesterday. And even today, it's not up at 95 it's at 82 So, and like, the market doesn't think it's worth as much as Microsoft. So, like, let's just say... Well, the intellectual property is worth that, I think they're saying, but the culture obviously is not. Well, apparently it didn't have much of a discount factor because they're paying a whole lots of money. Yeah. 50% increase over the trade what it was trading games, at. Matt? I guess they're really fun. Because of their fun games. But Kotick gets 300 million for change of control. He if, has 4.8 million shares, yeah. which are now worth $95 a share it's according to this. Almost 300 That's million. $456 million Kotick by creating the rapiest culture he could possibly think of earned himself $750 million yeah. overnight. Talk about an ESG bailout. Well, this it, is really amazing. That's the weird thing about all this is that when once you have ownership, there's nothing anyone can ever do about that, right? I, th- I mean, you can fire someone, but you can't take away their shares. I wonder how Larry Fink's going to uh, vote uh, for uh, the uh, the the acquisition. Do you think they? How do you how do you vote for this? Is this going to go to a shareholder vote? We can only hope. Let's come back to it in the discussion because this Too is much to discuss. Emma, so awesome. Bail us out here, Emma. Emma, get us out of this. I'm so sorry to give you one more thing to discuss, but there oh. is another like <laughs> relatively large thing that happened this yeah. week. So another my story actually, 
my story requires two headlines. So here's headline number one. Billionaire investor Chamath Palihapitiya says nobody cares about Uyghur genocide in China. So, what <laughs> they a don't statement. care about it in Wait. China, or they don't care, or they don't care. Nobody about Nobody cares it. about Uyghur genocide in Here? China. Full statement. <laughs> okay, all right. The Can't Uyghur genocide is happening in China, not the Chinese people caring about the Uyghur genocide. Okay, I said it too many times. Anyway, Chamath hosts a tech podcast called All In with three other entrepreneurs who mostly talk about big tech news and poker, actually. Poker? Um, Really? Yep, they talk about poker. If you haven't listened to it, I don't really recommend it per se. Not a cliche, Chamath. More as like a social experiment. It's really something. Yeah. Um, So during last week's episode that dropped last Saturday, Chamath said the following. I'm sorry if that's a hard truth to hear, but every time I say I'm caring about the Uyghurs, I'm really just lying if I don't really care. So I'd rather <laughs> not lie to you and tell you the truth. It's not a priority okay. for me. Okay, wait, so that, is that a Good. small right. T truth or a big T truth? I, I'm going to go that's... small T for sure. <laughs> okay, I don't for know. sure. Yeah, that's um, his T truth, yeah. That's right? his, yeah. yep. So yeah. do I, like I agree that. with this statement? Absolutely not. Do I want him in charge of anything or to have any influence over anyone? Nope. Do I appreciate his honesty? Yeah, I kind of do. Oh, this this might be a surprising reaction from me, but I don't care too much about this portion of this story. The border, it's borderline refreshing to hear a person who clearly cares more about profit than people say so openly. So thank you, Chamath, for so clearly conveying your belief system to us. All right, moving on. Two days after the episode was released and all hell broke loose on Twitter, Chamath tweets a clarifying statement that says the following. I recognize that I came across as lacking empathy. I acknowledge that entirely. As a refugee, my family fled a country with its own set of human rights issues. So this Mm -hmm. is something that is very much a part of my lived experience. To be clear, my belief is that human rights matter, whether in China, the United States or elsewhere. (laughs) What? What? That's a... (laughs) He Did you this, hear the yeah. word Uyghur anywhere in I, there? I, I, I don't know. No? I don't no? know what that statement's supposed to mean. Yeah. Me, I didn't. I didn't hear it. You didn't hear it. That's the. I, I read you the it. entirety yeah. of the statement. That's it. That's it. all he said. Now I'm disappointed. It's not really oh. an apology. It's not really a retraction. It's definitely not a mea culpa. So what is it? I'm not totally sure, but my guess is that it's a, mostly a please don't take my precious basketball team away from me gambit. So Chamath, Mother Teresa Paliapatia is a co-owner of the Golden State Warriors, and the organization released a statement distancing oh. themselves from his Uyghur commentary on the same day that he released his lazy non-apology. Ooh. Maybe getting his favorite billionaire toy taken away from him would teach him a lesson about sweeping an enormous human rights crisis under the rug, but... Probably not. Yeah. Well, he's going to bail wow. anyway after Steph retires, so he doesn't care. I know. That is a lot of news. <laughs> Let's, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to Bell do. Bell us out of here, Emma, and then we can discuss it. Here we it. go. Let's move on. Can we start at the end there? Can I just say that that's the equivalent yeah. of, uh, in our, blo- Chamath always shows up in our blowhard index. One oh. of our, one of our favorite blowhards. And I, and I think you're right, Emma, uh, th- there is something that I we all do consistently appreciate is his honesty. Like it, it makes for good yeah. uh, ESG podcasts. Well, not good, but it, it makes us talk about stuff. 
It but does. I'll say this. This is the equivalent of uh, Elon Musk announcing he has Asperger's. Uh, it's his way of saying, him saying he's a refugee is basically his way of saying, like, I can do whatever the F I want because I'm a refugee. Well, I think it was more convenient than anything else. You yeah, know, it's kind of expediency. But I'm just saying, like, why did yeah. he? Ha- why did? Why did that have to be a part of the apology if he's still not even saying? Because he didn't apologize. He, oh, okay. Where was there an apology in there? Right. He's, he said, uh, "I sound it's a clarifying statement." I can't, yeah. He called it a clarifying statement. Didn't call it a apology. He didn't okay, call you know it what? anything. To be fair, Chamath, we don't care about you, so this is fine. Let's just move on from this. Is not he's the just big, saying? Yeah. I, I, human rights matter to someone. <laughs> not for me. No, I, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> like, oh, I okay. have my experiences, yeah. and I don't care. Right. That <laughs> I just want to clarify. Let's move right. on from this, this clown. <laughs> okay. I, I love it. I love it. I love it because this is exactly what I want to scroll on my stupid, f- like, feed, right? Like, mm-hmm. I want this from CEOs. I guess. Because this is what Melody Hobson's talking about. When we talked about what her statement last week, what she's talking about is they have a right to their lowercase t truth, but it doesn't mean it's capital T truth. Yeah, I, I, and wor- I just worry it's going to embolden the, the idiots. That, that's what I mostly worry about. Because it, what it, is social media? Isn't that just idiot emboldening? Like I, I had a sense of relief back in the early Trump days when he was just putting it out there. Like, yeah, the right winger, a bunch of racist jerks, and I was like, finally, like we don't have to play under the delusion that they're not but then i just felt like it just emboldened a generation of idiots to, to carry the torch so I, i'm 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 torn here uh, now we're gonna get like a a big uh, uh, uh everyone else saying they don't care either and human rights are a joke and i, I don't so know. interestingly but, enough on the podcast i actually went and listened yeah. to that portion of the podcast and one of his co-hosts, um, Jason, who is another entrepreneur, um, he fought back. He was like, that's really disappointing to me. Disappointing. He, yeah. Yeah. He was like, <laughs> I don't believe that that's true. Like, I don't believe that you have to have a bottom line like that. He essentially was disagreeing with Chamath, which was interesting. Um, but I could not listen any farther than that. That is all the information I have. <laughs> I mean, he, but the, the reason why this is... Uh, uh, I'll say a fun conversation to have. Yeah, I'm not enjoying it. Because Chamath runs a fund called the Social Capital Fund. Yes, he does. Mm -hmm. His fund... Does it have a mission? He's the one who called ESG a fraud. Mm -hmm. He runs a fund that's about... It's sort of Kathy Woodish, Arkish, social capital is like the construct. But like without the God. He talks... Yeah, he talks a lot about. Yeah, it's it, that's right. <laughs> it's a it's it's Kathy Wood without God. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a very like data driven investor. He, his last annual letter, he talks about the epidemic of obesity. He he talks about um, um, uh, like how Black Lives Matter, about um, systemic racism. Um, uh, he talks about these things. And then out of the other side of the mouse, he's like, yeah, but I don't care about other human rights things like, you know, Uyghurs. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, um, was the context of that podcast supposed to be like a bro-y context, Emma, where like they're kind of getting drunk and playing poker or is it meant to be taken not, seriously? 
it's it's pretty serious, at least the right. tone of the episode that I heard. So it's four of them and they're all investors and entrepreneurs and you it's know, not like multi- you hear bong water rippling in the background. No, or, it's not no, quite okay. the Joe Rogan experience. I think they take themselves slightly <laughs> okay. more seriously than that. But okay. they do talk about very, they were like arguing pretty aggressively. It's not necessarily the most friendly of tones between them. They were arguing pretty aggressively about certain, I listened to the, the beginning, they were talking mm-hmm. about um, the insurrection too. And one of the hosts um, actually David O. Sachs, who's part of the PayPal Mafia, is one of the hosts. Mm-hmm. And he he was arguing about the insurrection, and he was pissed off about how much attention it was getting and about how those aren't the issues that the American people care about, and we all just, like, need to lay off. Oh, God. Worry about... Yeah, it was... Right. It was... And they were arguing about it, and they all seem to have, like, pretty differing views on various things, but it is a very... Okay. Libertechian atmosphere. And, and did this spur like an interesting conversation or did it kind of just get swallowed up? Interesting might be pushing it. Okay. But they <laughs> talked. Anyway. Let's, uh, well, here, I, I want to no, ask this quote. question. Yeah. yeah. Go, go ahead, Matt. I'll, I'll, I'm going to quote from Chamath's annual letter. Sure. He's talking about Black, Black Lives Matter in the oh, 2020 God. annual letter. And he says, quote, um, uh, the overwhelming majority of Black Lives Matter protests were just that peaceful statements of disapproval about the status quo. The reason is over decades we have allowed systemic racism and unconscious bias to affect the entire class of people were treated. And he lists like where that happens and then says in quote, in no reasonable moral worldview is this acceptable, even the, in the most reductionist worldview. If it could happen to them, then why not to you? And then to say Saturday that I don't care about Uyghurs mm-hmm. is I wonder why maybe, he does, so why does he double down I love it. it so why why do you love it you love the hypocrisy? I love it because it, it it's very clearly a I care about it when it, when I can pinpoint like how it affects my investments Uyghurs are not a thing that affects my investments it's it's not it's it's like framing the investment conversation as moralistic when it's to your advantage and not caring mm-hmm. when it's not to your advantage is the feels like well, the obvious thing here. And yeah. it's not different than Larry. It's actually like, not different Larry than Larry basically it's, just framed yeah. stakeholder capitalism well, as shareholder capitalism. To be fair, it's not different than the modern world we live in where we're constantly navigating these type of landmines uh, when we just try to like live our daily lives because many of the corporations that we do business with face, you know, related problems and we're constantly making decisions whether we care or don't care at that moment, right? Like that we talk about this every time Emma brings up Apple, which is that, you know, we're, are we complicit when we buy Apple products and should we feel complicit and blah, 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 blah. I mean this, so he really is in some ways speaking to, I think to a, a, a modern confusion, so in that respect, like I honor him airing it and but it doesn't sound like a lot of interesting conversation is coming from it, at least from him or his bros. But with that said, no, but yeah, like the the larger context here is stakeholder capitalism is not accountability. That, OK, that's what I was going to that's what I was going to segue this conversation. It was accountability. Is is there can there be accountability for someone like Chamath and and 
and and relate that to the story uh, Microsoft buying Activision and right. Well, that and that's the interesting thing, right? Like, because I don't care about knee jerk Twitter outrage accountability. Like that to me is not real accountability. That's like that's like reactionary accountability, not thoughtful accountability. And the thoughtful accountability is how long does it take Microsoft to assess buying Activision Blizzard? While Microsoft is in the middle of announcing the fact that it's conducting an investigation, how how it itself handled sexual misconduct allegations about Bill Gates and other employees inside of Microsoft. And maybe there was a bro culture there that was instilled. Mm-hmm. It's out there negotiating with what is potentially the like the f- card carrying flag holding bro culture company in in Activision for a premium that is no one anywhere was thinking was available like in fact if you look I, you say at it's the a premium sh- I don't know if I I don't know if I agree with that a premium based on the post scandal stock price but clearly a, a company in its with its intellectual capital and the people that have in place it, it, it's worth it's worth a hell of a lot more than this culture that Bobby Kotick okayed, right? I mean, it doesn't, it, it, it does, it, that, that's not the whole story of the company. I hear what you're saying, but I, sometimes I have a hard time like painting the whole company with this brush of, of harassment. It's not, it's not all of those workers and all of those people who have created great work. No. No, but they were trading. So what the market determined, they were trading at $95 a share in April of last year. In July of last year, news broke of this cultural problem. From July until December, it dropped from $95 a share to $57 a share. Sure. The market basically said the cultural problems inside this place and the governance problems inside this place are such that you had employees that were leaving. You had employees that were protesting. They were talking about unionizing the costs to operating this company far outweigh the potential IP you'd be buying with this company. They valued the company at basically nearly 50% of its high. And Microsoft swooped in and said, no, 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 no. It's valued at 100% of its high price from well, last year. Because it seems to me the real issue was a corporate governance issue and that no one knew how to get rid of Bobby, right? I mean, here's a company that they is poised don't. for success. Well, okay, but we don't know if he's going to stay. And the, and a, a good way to get rid of a, a powerful CEO is to essentially demote him. I mean, he, you know, effectively. This is a demotion. Right, I mean, effectively... This is the only way you could have held him accountable because, the, as you pointed out many times, the board doesn't seem to care. Shareholders don't seem to care. So it, let's. This is why I'm calling an ESG bailout because it's like let's take it away from these creeps and we're gonna we're gonna run it now. I mean, am I wrong? I have to go deal with my child, but I'll <laughs> leave you with this thought. Yeah. In what universe is seven hundred million dollar payout? accountability okay, well he doesn't have to deal but this with is why any I, of the actual I hear issues you. but i he raised this point off earlier 700 million okay but what do you do how do you hold a, a share owner accountable then you can't is, is there a process to take people's shares away like have we gotten to that point yet no yeah clawbacks but not no not, not share this. you can't call back shares all right are we are we meant to keep going or is he coming back what do we what do you want to do emma 
It's unclear to me. Um, I think <laughs> that we keep going until we reach yeah, our natural going. conversation end point. And if he's here, great. If not, whatever. Uh, what I want to know is, so are we fully now in the culture where, so woke is, is fully and officially a dirty word? So I think that the thing that I have never gotten to fully explain about my yeah. distaste for the word woke is that it is not there's a, a there are a whole host of secondary reasons but first and foremost it's cultural appropriation it i believe comes okay. from aave and white people white liberals have co-opted the word to mean something that it doesn't so in the black community when it's used in an aave context okay. it's that may use, that that yeah. may be emma but is it are you finding that isn't aren't you finding that it's the right wing of the political spectrum that is using the word uh, do you find people that you're hanging out with using the word woke I, never right so i'm just saying like it but it's true that the right wing in america is mostly white people but mm -hmm. they're using it as a as a, a tool so in a different way than you're kind of implying right I, right so woke has been used they're using it as slander they're using it as an insult they're using it as slander but the reason that I don't want to use it is because right. it is cultural appropriation from AAVE and white liberals specifically have taken that word and the original co-option of it was to mean conscious, to mean socially conscious, to mean, right. you know, to it was a signal to say, Look, hey, I'm woke. I believe that black people should have rights and shouldn't be incarcerated for petty crimes and that systemic uh, white supremacy is a bad thing. And like it, it's just a signal. But it was, first of all, so co-opted and um, appropriated from AAVE, which is one of the reasons I don't like to use it, because it meant Look, something different for black people in the black community. It was supposed to be stay vigilant. It was supposed to be like, keep, be aware, that kind of a thing. And then it got appropriated to mean what it means today. The American culture has essentially been created by the minorities of black people and jewish people mm -hmm. i mean i mean like i i know that there are i know that that's like a very generalized statement because there are certainly a lot of other things going on within our culture but there's so many contributions to, from those minorities to the majority culture that we sort of represent here so this to me this is just like one of millions i, I actually oh, yeah. find to be a I find it to be a very positive thing. And, and Matt and I were saying before the show, we're quite a bit older than you. So, mm -hmm. you know, we come from a generation where that idea is, is very sort of affirming and hopeful and, and you know, it's sort of a pro-education and, and pro-human rights and all that. So I... But for so the I, people... I, 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 yeah. For the language that the term comes from, we're using it incorrectly. We use the word. We have completely turned but that who's word. We? But who's using it now other than as a, as a insult? Who is, I don't know who. You, White I don't people. Hear people. So liberals even are using the word still? When you paint something as woke, so you yeah. label a person, an institution, you use a very who general. Paints, who does this, though? It's only the right wing, right? Do, do left wing people paint things as woke? Yeah, I think they do, okay, especially I'm just, I'm not in years that. past too. Years I past, think that it yeah. is, it's falling more out of fashion for sure. Right. But originally, especially I don't know, like during the summer of 2020 or whatever, when businesses would put you know a Black Lives Matter sign up, oh that business is now automatically woke. But if you're saying okay, this business right, but, is woke for doing this very superficial, yeah. um, performative thing, and then you just they get you get to slap a label on them as aware socially conscious woke that isn't sufficient okay. that also isn't real 
I guess in modern times, meaning now, I've never heard the term being used in a positive way. So that's why that's why I'm like when you're saying it was appropriated. I'm not disagreeing, but I just I've only seen it as a weapon. I've never seen it um, in a use it positively. I've, I've like even Larry Fink is distancing, distancing himself from the term, right? Because but I think that Larry Fink is distancing himself from the term because of the way that more conservative populations use that word, not the way that like you well, yeah. would use that word. Well, because he doesn't, all, he I'm doesn't just... want to be seen as woke from their perspective. Because if he's seen as woke, then he's going to be any seen as like catering to the democratic agenda or whatever. You know, that's why he doesn't want to be associated with the word woke. He doesn't want to not be associated with that word because of the hypothetical positive connotations that it could bring. He doesn't care about that. He will signal that to the liberal, the right, it's the so left, confusing. the whoever, so in a different we're... way. But if, by being seen as specifically by shirking the term woke he is trying to pander to the populations that don't want to be seen as catering to various you know socially liberal causes or whatever well, i, th- That's I what think he's making a big mistake when you whenever you like pedal in you know soundbite america i think you're making a big mistake I, I don't know why he needs to even weigh into that territory i mean because old light white men love talking about how being woke is stupid but they and they also are and, they, arguing and they're also afraid the exact wrong direction and they're also afraid of alienating, uh, you know, uh, the right part of the yeah. political spectrum. Which yeah, you they're know, like, we're not woke. Uh, Don't worry. If you invest with us, right. we're not woke because we aren't either. But Don't really, worry. It's fine. You know, your argument about appropriation aside, like to me, it is just a continuation of the term political correctness. I think people got bored of saying political correct. And I read PC. a really good article about how woke has replaced race card in terms of cringiness sure when people say the race card it's like that's cringy you hear you hear that and that's cringy and then i think the same thing has now been applied to woke when you hear people say oh that's woke it it feels the same level of cringiness it's like ooh, you are painting with way too broad a brush you don't know what you're talking about and the reason why it all irritates me because to me they're all positive things political even the thought of being politically correct uh, at least when i was educated is a positive connotation. I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're raised, you're educated, you're, you're trying to understand, you know, the boundaries between ethics and, and morality and law. And it's like making the politically correct decision is a good thing. It, it, it like represents your, you know, your, your education. Like it's like, it just, no, this, like, if we're talking strictly etymology of the terms, it just feels like the terms get co opted. Right, like it feels like well, it, woke got co-opted bite. by Marco Rubio as a way to create a rage machine on the other side. Yeah. That just like race card was a term, like for uh, conservatives to just say, "Oh, you're just playing the race all the card." Same, all the same. Like it, it's there. It's but like correct. I was saying to Damien, not the term woke got co-opted by the Marco Rubios of the world, but first it got co-opted by the white liberals from AAVE who culturally appropriated it from there, which it used well, to mean something entirely different, but now that word is no longer forget, used. Li- don't forget, liberals are not just, they're not just owned by the by white people. I mean, th- this is a distinction, <laughs> but this is a distinction that doesn't exist on the other side in, in the right wing of politics in America is that the left wing is not just white people. I, so I, I, I don't completely agree that it was just co-opted by, quote unquote, white liberals. I mean, 
there's a there's a rainbow on the left um but there is my bigger, but white liberals have a history of doing this with many terms of this okay but they also have a history of um forming bonds with non-white people and forming coalitions with with a diverse set of constituents like this is this is what we preach here. This is why, you know, playing the race card is actually a great thing. It's you're showing your, you're showing like, you know, that diversity is a, is a positive thing. And, but my bigger but point that, here is I just don't think he should have, I just think he was stupid to weigh in on a, a soundbitey cultural war momenty PCE. I just think it's like, I, I to me, it clouds his, his argument. Cause I don't know. I, I don't know what he I don't know what side he really is on. I don't because I, I cause well that's, that's the that point. to me is right. That's what's buried in 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 the text here. I mean, he answers the question what side he's on, which is stakeholder capitalism is about delivering long term durable returns for shareholders. He he's on the same side. Okay, you're focusing on that, Matt. And I, and I did I I caught I I copied a lot of phrases from his letter. I wanted to talk about, and that was one of them. And I agree that like. In some ways, that's sort of the what's most important, it, he, you know, the the long term. What is it? The long term. The long term valuable returns for shareholders. For shareholders. But I don't know that yeah. I, you're like overly focusing on that. I, I, I think that's OK. I mean, I don't think that's like a I, without long term value for shareholders. The company sort of ceases to exist. But he is saying more than that. that that's not. You're kind of there's more context to that when he builds to that line. I mean, he does talk a lot about the importance of the of the stakeholder constituents in order to create long term shareholder value. And I'm and believe me, I'm not one to I don't want us to be on his side for this one. But I think you're kind of I think you're over focusing on that. That I I think there's more nuance to it than that is what I'm trying to say. You're you might be adding your nuance to it. Right. Like, but I, but I, but I think, look, it's like, call it semantic, but the definition of the term stakeholder capitalism to me is one in which stakeholders enjoy in the benefits that shareholders have exclusively enjoyed in. Right. Like where the, and I don't mean it in like the socialist way where you're spreading the wealth, but in order for a company to thrive, and that isn't the shareholder. Like defining the company as the shareholder is not what I mean. I mean, like he talks about how employees, you have to, basically he says companies, you have to get over it. Like the your relationship with your employees is changed. That means it's rising pay. It's yada, yada, yada. The, the, like these are now the expectations. Effectively, he's saying like, you have to pay that stakeholder. But in a way, by defining the reason you have to pay it as so that I can make money as a shareholder, so that our clients can make more money. Yeah, well, that's what they need to hear. To me, is to me like, well, that's not what stakeholder capitalism is about. That's still shareholder capitalism. Shareholders are are part of that. Stakeholders for Shareholders are one part of that stakeholder tree yeah but we have shareholder capitalism we have the shareholder is the be-all and end-all that's the top of that tree but the phrase is that he's saying a company must create value for and be valued by its full range of stakeholders in order to deliver a long-term value for its shareholders i mean i I guess 
Okay. Not really. <laughs> like, like I, I mean, he but, says but, that. But in a system where, if you know, where employees actually own stock, I mean, this is a good thing too. But I mean, that's not what he espouses. We're talking about, you know, pension for. We always talk about pension for teachers, and it's one. But it's one of the he buzzes. He doesn't espouse that. Okay. That's not what he's saying. He's he's not saying that. He's saying your company's. He's saying your company's fucked if you don't pay attention. What he's saying is very 2022, and what I think we do here is. You're fucked long term if you ignore the stakeholder capitalism revolution. I mean, right. clearly and not an actual revolution. Here, but. The we here is the interesting part to me because it's very similar to the um, that Bloomberg expose on MSCI, which wasn't much of an expose, which effectively said MSCI's ESG ratings are about risk to shareholders. It's about like it doesn't solve a stakeholder problem it doesn't solve climate change it's about where is shareholder risk where are companies going to lose money he comes in in the same view i don't have a problem with that view per se but i don't call that stakeholder capitalism i would not say stakeholder capitalism is about furthering the ends of shareholders i would call stakeholder capitalism but he's talking to a he's talking to a group of shareholders no, he's talking to CEOs. He's not talking to oh. shareholders. But he's talking to the letter is to CEOs okay. of companies. Well, so look, he's this basically is still, saying this, to the CEOs. This is still a relatively novel idea, too, though. I mean, we're not completely out of this idea that that shareholders are are king and queen, right? I mean, that. Well, he's, he's still, saying you need to take still, care of your employees for me, your shareholders. Okay, but so this is still that a relatively new. It's old news for us, but this is still pretty groundbreaking for many of the companies and CEOs he's talking to. Yeah, great. I don't care. Like, <laughs> it's still like a, like, like to, to Emma's point about like the term woke, it's a co-option of a concept that's existed from the 70s that isn't about furthering the aims of shareholders. It's actually about repainting the purpose of a company a as not shareholders. So what he's saying is effectively out of one side of his mouth, you have to live your purpose and yada, yada, yada. There's a lot about purpose in there, come, having a corporate purpose. Yeah. But out of the other That's side right. of the, his mouth saying, too. saying, but the purpose you do have is to is your durable returns to me. And in order for you to achieve that purpose, you need to pay attention to these. Well, other to me, things. that's a to me that's a win in the short term because one of the, one of the only reasons why I agreed to join this uh, horrible company, Free Float Media, is that the idea <laughs> that join started. <laughs> <laughs> the idea is that slowly you can by by treating stakeholders well. Even if you can slowly convince the market to 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 treat stakeholders better year over year, unwittingly, by convincing them that it affects the bottom line of their share shares and the share return, you know what I mean? Like, because they're not going to agree to do it on their own. This is where I don't agree with you guys. Is that what what, what do you what replaces this? What What's the model that replaces this? Because these these companies, these CEOs, are going to do nothing on their own, and as we've talked about way too many times, we're not going to get the regulation we're looking for. So what? So other than scaring these CEOs into like saying that you, the long term shareholder value of your company is going to be fucked if you don't do this, what 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 do you what do you suggest 
we do to get companies and CEOs to pay attention to their stakeholders? What? I don't know. Look, I think, but I think actually in a weird way, I think the business roundtable is closer than Larry Fink is right now. Because I think what like CEOs themselves should be treating shareholders as one stakeholder. Larry Fink is saying that you need to treat your other stakeholders well so that shareholders benefit. Larry Fink is putting shareholders at the top of a stakeholder but, capitalist right. pyramid. Okay, but it, maybe CEOs, that's a trick. But, it may, but, but maybe it's like a, a trick of a liberal to convince... But then he says it's not a social or ideological agenda. Because, right, right but, like, but you have so, to... Okay, but this is... you To negotiate with idiots, you have to do it this way. You have to, give, you you have to tell them... A, you have to say it's not woke. It's not going to help anyone. We're not going to... We don't believe in... Sh we don't believe in labor. We don't believe in... You know, there's only two gender. Don't worry. Like, but, you know, you have to say these things... To, to I'm saying worry. you have to say these things to convince these people to do anything. You, you can't tell these people that you're going to help anyone. It just doesn't you work are, that way. You you are talking about a guy who developed mortgage-backed securities. <laughs> he started the Blackstone Group. He yeah. has he he basically is the definition of a capitalist for the sure. history of his entire life. Yeah, pulling the puppet strings of CEOs to make them woker okay, for I his ideological gain. So you'd well, prefer you nothing. You prefer silence. Happening. So you'd prefer silence. You'd both prefer nothing. No, I prefer I, what I think. I don't prefer silence. I, why does he need to say that stakeholder capitalism is shareholder capitalism? Like that Again, stakeholders he's talking, are here he's to talking deliver to value the old to, white to men who pissed their khakis. He, like they they can't who handle it. They can't handle it. But what what would what might be better is to empower the CEOs of the companies to say we are one of your stakeholders. You need to deliver value to all of your stakeholders to prosper. Why That's is what that? He's saying. How is he not saying that? No, he's saying stakeholder capitalism is about delivering returns okay, to shareholders. You're focusing on that one sentence, but there's a lot before Which that. Which is the sentence. That's it. Okay. Well, is there anything wrong with that? I don't see why there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, he puts himself at the top of the pyramid, which is the ultimate white male privilege okay. thing to do, first of all. But also, how is it different from the existing hierarchy? Emma, please back me up here because Damien, I feel like, wants to get on the... Like, he wishes Larry Fink would grow a beard and turn into Jack Dorsey right now. <laughs> and I think that no, this is... I, I just think that... A little bit of a subversion of the term. It's a co-option of the term stakeholder capitalism for a shareholder capitalist end. I just think... Per, per, I just think progress is a slow trickle. So I'm just, I'm buying into that thought. It's Emma, a slow can, trickle, but he's making up. such a like nothing statement. He's saying that. But you, so first you of all, agree when he's talking with, about. Do you not agree with the statements? Forget who he is. Did you read the letter? Did you read all the parts about, about stakeholders? And do you not agree with that in principle? The principle that shareholder capitalism is stakeholder capitalism. No, but there's a lot before that. It's about like honoring stakeholders, which which has never been done before. This is new. This is new. Fine. For this world. I don't really look. I would rather it be said than not said. But the way. Well, there you go. That's it. Show's but over. the way that he said it was so <laughs> lazy and at like I the get you. I lowest you. possible tier. And he basically was saying it 
because there's been all this labor movement. So he, me- he said mental Good. health was rarely discussed. Like wages weren't adjusted then for inflation. Working. Blah, 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 blah. Like that's not the world we live in anymore. I'm like, okay, yeah, you did nothing about that. Laborers did it, something about that. The workforce did I, something about that. You did nothing. To me, it's, to to me it's the same thing as my Starbucks argument. If you empower people, they might feel empowered. Even if it's just, even if it's nonsense, even if you don't even really mean it, you're not intending to empower them. But if you keep telling them that they might be important, there might be a pillar on something and blah, 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 mental health support, maybe they'll start to buy into it and, and maybe maybe the idea of the alternative democracy will start to grow from that. Maybe. I know. Maybe. But, I lo- but maybe, look, when you look at it day maybe. to day, it does seem com- nothing. It seems meaningless. It seems shit. But Emma, if you had joined us five, ten years ago, none of this was even like whispered about. None of this about. existed. Fine. I'm with right. you on that well, front. Something. However, he's talking to CEOs. Trump lovers. And he's. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> He's talking to CEOs and he's telling them that shareholder capitalism is stakeholder capitalism. But most shareholders are not like an individual household. Most shareholders are large in large institutions. And that's who he's talking to. He wants to keep when he's he's completely erasing a huge swath of stakeholders because when he says stakeholders you he means institutional investors that's who he means what that's i don't know that's not i don't know if i agree with that i don't but when yeah when you mean what you mean when he says shareholders yeah sorry yeah when he says shareholders okay he's talking about institutional shareholders because the divide between who holds all of the all of public company shares in america are widely held by institutional investors not retail investors that's not what he's talking about i'm not expecting fink rock to not be himself it's the same way i don't expect i don't expect the chief kneeler supreme jamie diamond to not be him but i i just think that they're they're at least on the right edge of the wet khaki system here because they know (laughs) they they can they're at least looking forward which i i'm even that i'm surprised about they know that that it, from a long-term perspective, you have to get in front of these things now or... Yeah. It, so, I, like, I'm just I'm honoring that they at least, like, uh, are uh, way more evolved than most of their brethren, which could care... Here's what would be impressive Seemingly care less. I would like to see him actually do something with the company that he runs. Like what? Anything. He says that he will in the letter. Call he said they're working with their employees in the letter. Call it like a green that's cool. Rock or something. He can Red write rock? it in the letter all he wants. I would like to see something actually come Let's, out of it, or else I am wholly unmoved. Before I fire Here. both of you, can we talk about the? Can we talk about the divestment uh, versus um, uh, engagement? Piece? Engagement, and can we talk about the uh, handing off the vote to? Uh, yeah, I want to get to both of those yeah. things. I will say this yeah. is a quote from his 2019 <laughs> yeah. letter. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Profits are essential if a company is to effectively serve all of its stakeholders over time, not only shareholders, but also employees, customers, and communities. Yeah. In his prior letters, he's basically putting shareholders amongst the stakeholders. They are. In his current letter, he's putting stakeholders below the shareholder. Right. <laughs> okay, like where I don't. I guess I'm not reading it that way. And and I'll I'll, but you probably I'll say had better SATs than I did, so I'm gonna I'll give to, you this one. To Emma's point, when I do a review of his portfolio managers at his company, mm-hmm. and they are 89 percent agreed, white, agreed, I agree, and 70 percent male, yeah, and they control four 
trillion Agreed. dollars in capital. It's really hard to sit around and say, oh, yeah, stakeholders are a focus of your company, not shareholders. Well, the shareholder class is white men. I'm gonna period. end. I'm gonna end this part of the argument by saying that I I still kind of adhere to this not very 1990s Gen X version of things, which is to be woke to a stakeholder capitalism is a positive thing. Like that, I'm still like leaning in that camp. Like that this uh, even in the short time that we've been in ESG, she's supposed to beep them for saying woke. <laughs> that this feels so like like a, a significant. <laughs> victory in the in the short term that's, that's tell me about divestment and engagement because i think I, the reason why he's not divesting is because 60 percent of his business says maybe 70 percent is passive right i look this is the this one's completely fascinating to me because i always go back and forth in my head about this issue so i i just wanted to hear what you you two think i i agree with him wholeheartedly that the, the 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 prospect of divesting and sending a lot of these companies into a, a private murky world frightens me even more. Like I granted, like we we rail on Facebook all the time, and we're, you know, and I think that the the sentiment is that we like basically if you're not gonna do one share one vote and you're gonna blow and you're gonna do all these things like get out of the you know hey Nasdaq get rid of them hey listing regulations stop the nonsense but. But the idea of Facebook going private scares me even more than than the current situation. So I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm with you on both of those things. Uh, but in the in the context of the letter, right, he says we will not divest; we will engage. Uh, you that, cannot I don't engage. I don't believe we're actually engaged. You but. you cannot engage with Facebook. What's the point? So yeah. your option is basically saying you, you like can the by engaging dual class with NASDAQ. companies. Dual, but he's saying dual class companies get a pass from this. Yeah. And well, this is a, okay, he couples well, it. Well, it's an important thought because this is one of the, the, the biggest failures of the ESG industry is that that topic right there. It, like it, you can see and I'm not not just MSCI. Um, I, I'm only All mentioning, of them. I'm only mentioning them because I'm, I'm extremely familiar with the way the methodology works and the way the, the report writing works. But they. It is just like it's a it's a it's an issue that has they they ignore completely. Like maybe it you know maybe there's a, there's a red flag and it's like a a point oh 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 one whatever. It's just you know it, it's it, but this to me is like it's super important. But anyway, and not only that though, like not so he's already giving a pass to dual class companies, which like okay implicitly some of the most heinous activity in the entire world is happening at the companies in which you have no right to vote google facebook you know like uh like so already already we're at a disadvantage but then he uses he said so he says we will not divest we will engage Mm -hmm. but then he uses as a threat quote access to capital is not a right is it is a privilege access to capital is basically investing in you basically he's saying we will invest in you when we believe that you will provide you know stakeholder value he's saying access to capital is not a right we have the right to withhold capital from your company if you cannot provide purpose and meaning and stakeholder value and durable value yada 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 oh except we won't divest from you so access to capital is not really a threat that you're holding if you are simultaneously going yeah. to say we will not no, divest I, from I you. I agree with you there. I don't 
what I, where I applaud Larry is just entering into this conversation in the first place. I, I, I just applaud the stakeholder capitalism story. I just, and I, God, I think so that long term, did you guys get drinks this weekend? What did you do? It's valuable, <laughs> but there's no way I buy any of this part of Larry. I think this is all just horseshit. There's no, I mean, there's no, I, the, the discerning moment when he invests or dive, you know, it's all bottom line here. I don't believe any of this purpose stuff. He, he, he takes the, the standard view, which is my client. We have clients that want to divest and they divest, right? Like we basically are the mirror of our clients, but it's like what my problem with these letters are. There's simultaneously this mix of himself, his thoughts, black rock, and then his deferring to his clients and being like, well, my clients want to divest. They can divest. Yeah. We will not divest. And, and my clients want this. And he's deferring and then, to our, and, and he also defers. He also defers to a ruling class a lot, which is. He defers to, like, in the same way Jamie Dimon, where when he's kneeler in chief, is basically recognizing there are barbarians at the gate. The the plebes are circling. Right. I am making thirty million dollars a year, and I can't reject it because it would offend my board. I like, but but at the same time, like oh, the 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 stakeholder class is going to uprise if we don't deal with income inequality. Give me my thirty million. I don't want to offend a couple of fucking white guys, but I also like we need to. To put a cap on it like we got to find a way to put a pin in the upcoming revolution there's a lot that's of this fine in the short that, term as long as people this, are getting getting actual returns i mean wages are actually increasing benefits are actually increasing but why are wages increasing wages are increasing because during the pandemic a bunch of employees looked around and were and were like fuck this right like what what have we been toiling for going to the office nine right, to five every single is, day? This, what do we get this out of this? This is why this conversation is powerful, I think. I I, I mean I But I'm it not, isn't because Larry Fink writes letters to the CEOs no, it, that wages went up. It's because the okay, stakeholders but, themselves picketed. Oh okay, that's part of it. But he's also he's honoring the ruling class is starting to like very uncomfortably honor these tenants and i and i think long term it, it could have a powerful effect i'm hoping and i'm the stupid one and Here, leak their own ass cheeks by saying things like stakeholders are a means to a shareholder end yeah here are two things i do hate i hate that he says we focus on sustainability not because we're environmentalists but because we are capitalists oh my although, god Jesus. although i will say Again, this is another one like throwing a bone to like the Charlie Mungers like. But I will say this is that he does have a point in the sense that what good is will be our ruling class if the if the earth ceases to exist in 30 years. So I, I kind of get that. The other thing I love here that you, I'm surprised you didn't bring up is that they are launching a center for stakeholder capitalism. I did. I had that in my notes. I don't know why I didn't mention that because, A, Larry, I'm clearly the only one on your side, so you should be calling me uh, to participate <laughs> that in that in that center. I could be your, your clown gesture or whatever, uh, but don't not these two. They, they're not going to help you. I need more specifics on the Center for Stakeholder Capitalism to, because I can it tell sounds you. like a building donation to like an <laughs> Ivy. I don't know. It's, from a from a it sackler, does sound like Charlie Munger's windowless does it uh, not? dorm. Yeah, it's a sackler. Yeah, it's a sackler funded windowless <laughs> yeah. dorm designed by it's a the Munger. windowless <laughs> dorm of stakeholders. <laughs> but here's what it is: to create a forum for research, dialogue, and debate. Yeah, it sounds like absolute bullshit. Sounds Look, like Reddit. I don't have a problem. I 
like I actually don't have a problem with like the ideology that is capitalism trumps stakeholders. I don't care about that. What I care about is when you're talking out of both sides of your mouth in the same letter about some <laughs> of the same issues and co-opting a term that actually has some meaning, right? Stakeholder capitalism has meaning and it has meaning that's existed since the seventies and we're the same way when like a bunch of liberals co-opt the term woke from its original usage, it makes Emma and like a an age cohort cringe where us dumbass old people don't cringe. I have the same problem when you're co-opting a term that has meaning for something that you are uh, then applying your own sort of, well, now I'm making it capitalism. Like I'm saying this is in service to shareholders. That's not really yeah. the, the, and to be the meaning. It's not the spirit to be of fair the to, concept. To be fair to you, Emma, you mm. we oh, were raising a yeah. To be fair mm. to you, we were actually raised at a time where we were allowed to talk to people who di- who weren't identical to us. <laughs> That's so. True. So you know, we 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 actually had that opportunity. You you missed out on that thought. I mean, but. I my first my first vote in any presidential election got Trump elected. So, yeah, I live in quite a world. My adulthood has been in quite a world. Uh, I I do think I do think like but my problem is with the hypocrisy. Right. Like you can't say we will not divest. And we will give a pass to dual class companies simultaneously. Yeah, I'm with you. Or we'll you're going to say access to capital is not a right it's a privilege but we won't divest which means you're actually just it is a privilege right like yeah. as soon as you list it it's a privilege because you're listed and that's where and you can't you, yeah. you can't be throwing google and zuckerberg under the bus by saying it won't be search engines as are the companies of the future it's going to be scalable innovators that's, just, that's like but he, then leave clearly, your money with them clearly right? his copywriter wrote that for him because that's just yeah. a, that's just a bullshit like uh, statement. He knows that you the next can't 1, say that governance matters that. and say the the innovators of the future reimagining the auto industry are allowed to put their brothers on the board. Yeah, you I, like the the talking out of both sides of your mouth is my problem. You can't say stakeholders are the future, but shareholders are the ones they serve. Well, this that is where, to me is the yeah. disconnect. This is where I'm not. It's impressed. not the concepts. This is where I'm not impressed with this idea that he's giving uh, some investors more control over their vote. Because I actually think that's going to have the, the 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 effect of watering down activism. I, I think, think BlackRock right. should just go for it. Like to be to be fair, they don't. I don't know that there's a single company that they own much more than. Kind of, they top out usually around ten percent. Even that's a lot. But it's not like they have a controlling stake anywhere. Why not just push your activism all the way to the limit? Vote against everything that you actually uh, say that you. Uh, believe in in these letters and see if you can move the needle a little bit it's not That's gonna it's not gonna determine the vote but it is gonna start a conversation so i don't know why you're handing off responsibility and i don't know just like lean into your activism lean into the moment uh, as opposed as opposed to what matt's saying which is just like you know sitting on the wall and and appealing to the to the loser Damians in the world, and uh, appealing to the, like the the Jamie Diamonds in the world, like you know, it, it, I'm with you on that. Well, that's what I'm saying is that why do I have to read a bajillion page letter to other CEOs rather than just watch two you pages. do something? Two fucking pages. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, well, look, I, and, I, this is, and this is where I am torn again because, and I compare it to the business roundtable and to everybody else. He actually, in this world, is doing something. I, I know he has more power to do even more, but I, I still think like this is relatively shocking for this environment. Nah. I, I know Matt, no, Matt is I dubious. Think it's reactionary mm-hmm. to this environment. Okay, fine. I don't think it's... he's leading. I think he's following. Okay, but he's but I still I still strongly believe in the idea of like starting the conversation. It's kind of like that old thing that Obama used to say used to piss me off too, which is that you know I got to hear your voice. Make me want to change things. Make me like make your voice loud, and I'll change things. And which is irritating because you know I think we thought voting him in he could do the changing, but and he didn't do much changing. But the point being. You got to have the conversation. You got to go through this this painful part of any kind of progress. It doesn't just you can't just suddenly snap your fingers and convince Charlie Munger to put windows in. It just doesn't work I'm that not, way. I don't. I like. I don't. Uh, I, I. I'm happy to have the conversation. I don't like having both conversations simultaneously in the same letter. Land in a place. If you're going to say, if you're going to be of the opinion that, like, you know, um, CEO should have purpose, but then you write a letter that basically has dual purposes to lick the ass of capitalism and to appease some sort of stakeholder conversation. If you're going to say, we want to empower our clients to vote, but we also aren't going to divest from the company. Companies that they are going to vote at that you don't have a right to vote at anyway because the votes are held by dual class dictators. That, yeah. If yeah. you're going to say like um, stakeholders matter to the purpose and future and durability of your companies, but also we matter more. It should be in service to us. If well, you're going to say all the things, yeah. it has no meaning to me. That's my problem. Okay, that Matt, he but we, basically is sitting in the middle. Yeah, but we come like from the, every good CEO. So congrats to him but for being we, the ultimate middle. But whether we liked it or not, we came from an industry that, like, even when we first started pushing these concepts of like you know diversity and leadership, right? You you were forced to make a business case for it, whether you liked it or not. You know, all those meetings we attended, I, I think you wanted to just be like. You know, it's it's 2017. Like, fuck your like. We, why do we have to explain this to you? But we, you had to. Like, you had to make. You, you sort of have to go through the motions. Uh, I feel like that's all he's really doing here. I mean, wh- what is he gonna like push for a socialist system? I don't understand the. No, hmm. but while he and Chamath parse words about what is true and what aren't, and while we sit around and we blow hard on each other, mm-hmm. like there are real Uyghurs. And there is Wait, you're real putting, climate change. How dare you? Right? How dare my, you call Larry a Uyghur? My point. My point is, like, he can parse the middle as much as he wants, and he can start the conversation. Meanwhile, 2050 is left, not that left. far away, right? Like, yeah. we actually have to do real things. Yeah. No, I agree. And your letter does none of the real things. Now, maybe what he's going to do is, and this was my prediction for 2022, was. BlackRock goes, and I, this is ironic because I, the, uh, my prediction is BlackRock goes from the villain to the anti-hero. 
they, they actually vote the way he's talking about. And I think he's playing the political nuanced parse in the middle where he's basically saying like this stuff's all important. Prius. So, you know, state stakeholder isn't a reinvention of shareholder capitalism. Like um, you have the right to vote, but don't worry. It's not real right to vote in a lot of places. We're not going to divest, but we will, you know, uh, like we'll use access to capital as the cudgel. Like he's saying all the things. And then when they vote, that's when the real color comes out. That's when you're going to see that BlackRock actually is going to vote the shit out of of, really of so? net zero and carbon. That's my prediction. Well, those seem like easy votes. Okay. If they don't, you'll know which side of this coin yeah. he's on. Right. Right. Where he's not, there isn't a nuanced middle when you have to vote yay or nay on yeah. a thing. Well, he's, and that's what's going to happen. And this is and my prediction the, is they become an antihero, no matter how much I hate the fact that he's painting himself in this as this centrist. Yeah, you got to pick a side when you well, start voting. Well, this is voting. truly the the modern Obama game. Then it's like the he's instead of being the activist that he has the power to be, he's he's telling activists like here are the keys i'll let you if you if if you have the gumption and the guts i'll let you you know i'll let you mess around but i'm not going to do it for you like it's the that's it's actually, the obama principle that, it's the same thing yeah, it's actually the great disappointment of that yeah, of slough to handing to to his shareholders to vote themselves which right. he's viewing that's, as like increasing democracy in the in the process and yada 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 well that's just but really what it is is sloughing yeah. your convictions that you keep talking about off to somebody else so you don't have to own the, there's uh, no more accountability maybe he's smarter than he looks to, it's maybe the central, central conceit of today's show accountability. It maybe he's exist. doing that to shut to shut up the right wing, which is that you know we're not a you know we're not a monopoly. We gave you the opportunity to vote. Yeah, but guess who the owns? Nuns. Guess who owns the vote? Right, like it's it's people with sixty million or more basically fiduciaries. He, he basically handed it to large pension funds. So he hands political risk to a bunch of political appointees. Mm -hmm. There is nothing more satisfactory than basically saying you guys make your own decision, get yourself voted out. Right? right. Like instead of the CEO who actually doesn't have to be accountable for to a lot of this, like Marco Rubio can change through regulation what Larry Fink does. But Marco Rubio can change very quickly what the Florida State Pension Fund does. There is no more pressure that he can exert. Like his pressure is significantly greater over there than it is over here. He can decry woke capitalism all he wants, but he can actually make change inside Florida how that pension fund votes. And Florida now has to make a choice. Do we vote ourselves or do we not? And Marco Rubio is going to say to Florida, why didn't you vote yourselves? Because those woke capitalists are voting in a way we don't agree with. In fact, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant way to sort of slough all of this nonsense off and 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 the system doesn't change. That to me is the big problem with talking out of both sides of your mouth. Because you don't actually have to be accountable for anything that happens. And that to me is the the, the well, no, like okay, why but, today's news cycle is no one, amazing. Yeah, but no one's accountable for anything. Except for if you go to a tennis match and you don't quarantine. Then you're accountable. But that's why this to me is a tennis match you don't quarantine for. Right. It's basically having it all ways and it's meaningless. Well, this is but, so this Larry. Is the, but that's the but that's the sort of the undercurrent of everything we cover. Is that it is damn near that just impossible. Makes me sad. 
it's damn near impossible to hold anyone accountable because even when we finally get uh, a CEO to step down, either a their their parachute, the golden parachute is massive, or they still Bobby. own a lot of shares, or they land Bobby. on their feet in like two months, like you know, or less, or less, like. You know, the, so it's 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 it, th- yeah. This is the hardest part of this. I think, Unless, this of business. course, you're the founder of or a a, a, woman, uh, a, a, a blood company that's a woman, yeah. or you're founder of an like the like women. I'm not speaking for women here, Matt. I'm speaking. You know, I, I'm not doing that. Okay, good. Yeah, Just they don't sure. land on their feet. Yeah, they <laughs> they usually get sent to jail. Yeah, and then have to get in CBD with Snoop Dogg to reinvent their because career. Marissa Mayer. Marissa Meyer, Meyer, I always get that. Mayer. Mayer. As an example, even when she does land on her feet five years later, the the business press will ridicule whatever position you found for yourself. Like they will, they will stick by you and ridicule you until you die. Like that, yeah. So. Wow. She's a punchline forever. Yeah. For, Remind yeah, me okay. to never be a CEO of anything. Well, we're gonna need. Congrats, a, congrats to me for being. We're a gonna CEO need something. This when, stupid enterprise. When Matt and I like just like punch each other to death in a few years you're gonna someone's gonna need to step up here and uh you and ari are taking over speaking of do we have anything else for this show now that we're in the sixth hour of discussing larry fink nope that was emma lurking and damien uh, black ink rollis i am matt the laughing stock muscardi i'm gonna take on that moniker from emma today We are Free Flow Media. This was Business Pants. We actually got a voicemail that we need to address. Uh, we need to address it in a coming show this week. Yep. And uh, it was about how public utilities and... EV okay, stop talking for once. Stuff. Uh, subscribe. Share. This is this is real talk. This is like real talk about ESG in real life. So this is what you should be listening to. Not some other bullshit. Come back tomorrow where we have more Biz new. Guts. Yeah, and we promise not to talk about poker. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there.